Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to episode number 27 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Today we have Broadway and symphony star Kapathia Jenkins. I love this line from her bio that says, This woman who, grappling with two dueling passions, each with a strong grip, acting, and music, yet she refuses to pick one because they both represent her soul. Kapathia approaches a song the same way she approaches a script, like an artist. She looks for the nuances the secret hidden within the notes or text. She seeks the melody, harmony, and rhythm. She asks herself, what am I trying to say? What do I want my audience to experience with me? She wants to take her audience on a journey. Her Broadway theater credits include Newsies, The Civil War, The Look of Love, Caroline or Change, and Martin Short's Fame Becomes Me. She's also done a bunch of television spots on 30 Rock, The Practice, Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, and The Sopranos. She can be seen in the film Musical Chairs and heard on the film soundtracks of Nine, Chicago, and Legally Blonde 2. An active concert artist, she has appeared with orchestras around the world, including the Toronto Symphony, where she is a feature performer in James Bond, The Music, happening October 15th and 16th in Toronto. And next, she performs a tribute to Aretha Franklin with various orchestras across the U.S. I hope you enjoy our conversation. She has some great advice for up-and-coming performing artists. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what have been some of the highlights of your performing career? Oh, gosh. Um, I'd have to say probably my Broadway career. Um, I have been fortunate and blessed enough to originate five characters in five different Broadway shows. Wow. So that you know, that is like, (laughs) you know, so amazing because when you think about the odds, right, of you like really living out your dream and then living it five times is (laughs) like crazy. Um, Yeah. So that's been a real highlight. And also in the symphony world, um, doing concerts, you know, I've been singing with symphonies now for about 10 years all over the world. And there are quite a few highlights from that part of my career, namely, you know, singing at the Kennedy Center um, more than once and uh, Carnegie Hall 
more than once. Um, you know, I, I always say to my friends and colleagues that it's so nice to get invited to these amazing stages, uh, but I think the sweet spot is to get invited back over and over. So um, that's always a, a sort of a feather in my cap. Um, and I just, I always feel so good when people ask me uh, to come back. Um, so that, I mean, that's sort of a quick answer. <laughs> yeah, but, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Such legendary venues. Absolutely. And you can feel, you know, I remember my first time or the first couple of times at Carnegie Hall and, you know, in the dressing rooms, they have photos and sometimes signed photos of very famous people. Um, And so I sat in my dressing room. I think I was in the Leontine Price room in Carnegie Hall and just sort of like, you know, just this side of tears scrolling down my face thinking, wow, you know, all these people that have come through here and and now I get to sort of add my name to the list and stand on their shoulders. And so it just really is an honor. It's an honor. Wow, that's amazing. So what first drew you to performing when you were young? You know, I think the time before I could even talk, I was you know, singing (laughs) with a hairbrush in the mirror. Um, There was always music in my home. There were seven siblings and I'm somewhere in the middle. So (laughs) yeah, so I'm somewhere in the middle. So my older siblings always had music playing like, you know, Motown and um, Earth, Wind and Fire and and, uh, my mom listened to lots of gospel music. We were always in church. Um, and so I just had been singing, it seems forever since before I could talk. Uh, but I knew very early on that singing is what I wanted to do. I didn't know, um, that I wanted to do Broadway and theater and, and all of that until I got much older. Um, but I always knew I wanted to sing. I just, I, I just really enjoyed it. And then when I started to train uh, classically to sing, you know, I was just so intrigued by, first of all, how difficult singing really is um, to learn the craft of it and the art of it. Um, But I was so intrigued by how you could grab a microphone and get up in front of people and take them on a ride, take them on a journey. And so, and I was aware of that very early, I was so young. I must have been, I think, third grade when I had my first solo in the Christmas concert for the chorus, and it was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I had... <laughs> and that was the classic moment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was so excited. And, and you know, but right, right at the time of my solo, they had these kids dressed as reindeer sort of throwing um, candy canes <laughs> in the <laughs> audience. And so no one was really listening to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Completely yeah. upstaged by the moment. But I, <laughs> but I still loved, you know, having a solo. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you went to a performing arts school, the famous one. I did. I went to the High School of Music and Art in New York City. Yeah. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And was that like, did you take like all the like dancing, acting, everything? Or do you specialize in a school like that? Well, you specialize in a school like that. And at the time now, that school is called LaGuardia High School. They merged the High School of Music and Art, which was my school, where we specialized in the voice, um, musical instruments, and fine art. And then the other school, which was called Performing Arts, which was downtown, specialized in uh, dancing and acting mostly. And those two schools merged and became LaGuardia the year after I graduated from high school. So uh, okay. my focus was all um, all singing. It was all um, classical training. Um, so, you know, you start with the Italian arias and German and French. and um, But we also had a great gospel chorus uh, that I was able to be a part of for uh, three years of my high school experience. So... Yeah, it was all all about the voice and 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 training your instrument. Right. And when you finished school, what was some of the first things you did? Are you kind of at a loss of like, oh, now I got to try and make a living at this? <laughs> well, I, you know, I I went to Temple University for a jazz program, jazz vocal performance. Um And while there, it was great because I had professors who were actually gigging on the weekends. And so I could go and and watch them and hear them. Um, And two years into Temple University, I got so antsy, I wanted to work. And so I left school and my first professional job was with a company called Greg Thompson Productions. And it was at a resort in Bermuda. And there were three girls that they were hiring uh, to play Aretha, Dion, and uh, Gladys Knight. And I got to play Aretha in this this show. It was a musical review of those three um, artists' music. And we did a review for, I think my first contract was nine months in Bermuda. Wow. Yeah. And then how long between that and your first Broadway show? And what are the kind of, what is the journey like in those years? Well, the journey is interesting. You know, when I started to work for Greg Thompson Productions, it was great because one contract would be ending and he would say to me, do you want to go to Lake Tahoe and do a show? Do you want to go to Miami and do a show? Like all over, you know, And I was like, yes, I want to go. I want to go. And then that was, I think that was, oh gosh, I can never remember years, but I I think that was somewhere around, oh, somewhere in the nineties where I said, I want to, I feel like I could do this forever, but if I don't, stop and go back home to New York and start to audition for Broadway and off-Broadway, I, I I might not ever do it, you know? And I knew that that was something I wanted to try. So I left that sort of resort circuit <laughs> yeah, and came back home. And the first theater things 
I started to get was still tours. I did a European tour of bubbling brown sugar for a year. I did tours of dream girls, bus and truck. Um, I did ain't misbehaving in summer stock regional theater. Um, and then finally, my first Broadway show came in 1999. I did Frank Wildhorn's The Civil War. That was my first Broadway show. Um, and so it was a long road. It was a long road. I think the first, um, the first time I got my equity card, I think I was doing Ain't Misbehaving, like the Gateway Playhouse in Long Island. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So those, you know, those touring years and summer stock and um, regional theater, that work was so beneficial um, just in learning how to navigate and move through the theater world. It was so beneficial for me. You know, the hours are staggering, right? It's eight hour days of rehearsals and, and doing your homework and making sure you're off book when it's time to start staging and just all of it, you know, it just, right. it's such a great training ground. Um, if, if you know that that's what you want to do professionally, um, I would say do as much of that as you can before you try your hand at Broadway and, and, you know, the big leagues. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's great yeah. training ground. Yeah. Yeah. And so your Broadway years. Um, so what are the, some of the shows that you did on Broadway? And you, I think you were saying that you actually got to help originate and create a role or you were just the first person to, to play it? How did that work? Well, um, actually creating and, uh, yeah, creating is sort of like from what, here, here's the journey of a Broadway show, right? So let's take one of my shows, Caroline or Change, um, with Janine Tesori and uh, uh, Tony Kushner, uh, George Seawolf directing. So that started with a, an audition at the Public Theater, which is downtown off-Broadway here in New York, um, for a reading of a new musical. Um, and I get the, I book the, 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 the show, I'm playing the washing machine. And for those first, for those six weeks, we sit around the table, we read the play, we start to put it on its feet. Um, we finish that, we go away um, for a few months, we come back, now we're going to do the second act. Um, and during that time, Janine Tesori, uh, said to me, when I went away, I was writing the second act with your voices in mind, right? So you're already at the stage where you're creating this character from the beginning. Um, right. 
And so then you come back, you do the second act, then you go away. <laughs> then you come back and do a workshop. So all of this, this stuff, by the time you get to Broadway, maybe two, three years, and in some instances, five, six years have gone by by the time you get to Broadway. So that's what I mean about originating a role. Right. Okay, cool. Um, so what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way about being a performer and also connecting with an audience? Oh, um, I think, I think the biggest thing I've learned about being a performer um, and connecting with an audience is probably the same answer, but I will tell you this quick story about my Broadway debut, the civil war. Um, I remember waiting in the hallway for my callback. And I, they had given me music to sing from the show, to learn from the show. And every girl that went in before me was belting, belting the song out. And I had said to myself, I, wanna, I think I wanna sing this small. I wanna sing it, I just wanna focus on the lyric and I really wanna dig into this melody, but I don't think it's full voice. I think it's something else. I think it's more nuanced, right? But every right. girl that was going in was belting it out. And so I'm sitting in the hallway thinking, well, should I belt? Am I wrong? Should I be, yeah. you know, what? oh my God, I'm nervous. Oh, geez. And so I get in the room and just as I'm going to start, I take a breath and I say to myself, just trust it. Trust your instincts and just go for it. And I did it, and I remember to this day, and I subsequently told him this years, uh, a few years ago, Frank Wildhorn, the composer, said, that was delicious. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I'll never <laughs> forget that. And so for me, I always tell young people, always trust your instincts. They are good, your instincts yeah. are good. And if you're in the room and you trust your instincts, instincts and, the director gives you a different direction, that's okay, then go with that. But always trust that what you think and what you feel is right. Take a bold stance and just go for it. And I, I think also that is my answer for connecting with an audience as well. I always right. lead from the lyric. I think the lyric is the most powerful thing we have as singers. And so I lead with the lyric. I get inside of a lyric so I can tell story because I understand the story. And then hopefully you come along with me on the journey. So for me, I think my whole career has been about um, trusting my instincts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you had a lot of music training. Um, did you have acting training? You know, I, I did. I did a few sort of acting classes, and this is after I started working professionally in musicals. Um, I took a few classes here in New York just to sort of understand, you know, am I on the right track with acting or am I up here just faking it, you know? <laughs> so I just put myself in a room, in a few rooms with other actors. And some of those classes were on camera because at the time I was auditioning for commercials as well. 
and, and TV and uh, film. And so I did some on-camera uh, classes as well as just being in a room with other actors doing scene work, you know, playing theater games, um, just sort of honing in on um, how you actually get inside of a scene and, and work with other actors in the room and, and all of that. So, yeah, I did that later, though. I didn't do that in school, you know, in, right. in uh, college. Right. Okay. And so you've done a lot of uh, acting on television shows. Um, was that something that you've just kind of always done here and there? Or did you make a concentrated effort to do television? You know, I started out doing it sort of here and there. Um, and, you know, when you are a New York actor who sings, you can pretty much craft out a career for yourself, right? So you, and you, if you have a good agent, you try to do everything. You try to do musicals, you do straight plays, you try to do television and film. Um, when that's not popping for you, you try to get some commercials. <laughs> when that's not right. working, maybe you go sing back up for somebody and do some live shows. I mean, you try to just do all of it. So it started out as here and there. And then I had booked a recurring character on a show called The Practice, uh, went out to LA and did those episodes and felt really good about um, what I was doing on camera. And then I said, oh, we should make a conscious effort around this. And so for me, that means starting to say no to uh, things just because I find that and this is, this is just a note I have for your listeners who are aspiring. I find that when you are in a career like this, the only thing that moves you forward is the power of no. So if I say yes to every single thing that comes down the, the, the pike and you God, God knows you're hoping that the phone is ringing, right? Right. But if you say yes to everything, you can find yourself doing the same thing over and over, right? And you right. know that you're already good at that. So for me, it was about saying no to the same thing over and over. I'm sorry, right. there's a, a, a <laughs> fire siren I heard. <laughs> rolling through my neighborhood in New York, Brooklyn. <laughs> that sounds like New York. <laughs> Uh, but you can find yourself doing the same thing over and over, right? So I had done so many different productions of Ain't Misbehaving, and I did Dream Girls, and I, you know, it was like, if I don't start to say no to these things, how do I then move myself forward? It's not like when you're in the corporate world and you have some seniority, you've been working at this job for 10 years and they now yeah. give you a promotion. Like no one no. gives you a promotion. You have to carve it out for yourself. And so it's a scary thing to begin to say no, but you get better at it, at it as you go. Um, right. And so I just, you know, I began to say no to things that I had already done. So I had already done shows tv shows where i had done like one scene you know or or <laughs> or you know just like one line or or whatever and so 
my hat is off to to actors who who do that because that is a, an art and a discipline as well. But for me, I said to my agent, you know, we have to hold out for more. And I know when I say I'm holding out for more, you know, my phone is going to ring few and far between. I have a specific right. look, you know, and, and way about me. And, but when those, when those opportunities come up, um, you know, I throw my hat in the ring. I prepare, I prepare my scenes and I go in and sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. And sometimes right. I'm competing with, you know, household names. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so I just want to do the best work I can do in the room and then just leave it there. And hopefully it's all stepping stones to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And now you do a lot of performing concerts with symphonies. Yeah. Uh, and you're coming to Toronto yes. um, to perform with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra for James Bond, the music. Yeah. What is your favorite Bond song to sing? Oh, my gosh. Good Lord. You know, they're <laughs> all so good. I have to say, <laughs> you know, I it's so funny. I I don't know. I mean, I think... Probably the most iconic one that I sing is probably Diamonds Are Forever. That great Shirley Bassey vocal is like iconic. Um, probably the most recent is Skyfall, Adele. Um, right. And you know, the great thing about these Bond songs and these Bond orchestrations is they all have a certain feeling about them, a certain harmonics within them that make them all quintessentially bond. Um, and so, I mean, I, you know, I love performing with the Toronto symphony. It's a great symphony. And I think this will probably be my second or third time uh, with this show in Toronto. Right. So I'm excited to, to come back there and do it again. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to, I'm going to come on Tuesday. Oh, good. And hopefully I yeah. can meet you. Sure, yeah. I would love to. So you're also doing Aretha Franklin tributes. with Is that with symphonies as well? It is. It is. We premiered that show in July um, with the Cleveland Orchestra at their outdoor, um, uh, their outdoor stage, uh, the Blo Blossom, which is beautiful and iconic. And um, yeah, the Aretha show... Um, I really love doing it. You know, when she passed on, it was really a dark time, I think, for those of us who grew up, you know, listening to her and trying to emulate her. And, you know, she was the queen of soul and is the queen of soul and was for so many years, you know? It's yeah. like you just, you always think that she's going to be there. And so... I um, I mentioned earlier about standing on the shoulders of great, great ones that have gone before us, and she is absolutely one of those people. And you say her name, and people just, you know, they they start to talk about their favorite song, or, <laughs> or yeah. they go, oh, Rita, we love her. And so, you know, that show is, is near and dear to my heart, um, you know, and I, I hope that... Uh, when we do that show that the audience is moved and um, 
and that they, you know, feel good. Aretha's music feels good. It's soul music. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really exciting to be, to be doing that show. We're doing it a lot now too. It's great. Oh, cool. And so, and you also have some recordings. I saw that you did an album of Maya Angelou songs. Yes. Phenomenal Woman, the Maya Angelou songs with my writing partner, Louis Rosen. And when I say writing partner, he is the composer and I am the muse. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, uh, that recording came out last October, about a year ago. And, um, and we were really excited. It was a long time in the making. Um, those very iconic poems that people know and love of Maya's, you know, are now set to music. And we're, we could not be more proud of this project. Um, I'm really excited. And if your listeners want to hear it, they can find it everywhere, digitally, you know, on iTunes and Amazon and, and all of that. So right. I hope that they will um, check it out. And they can also go to my website, CapatheaJenkins.com, and they can find the video for Phenomenal Woman's Song for CJ, which is the title track. Uh, there's a video for that song on my YouTube page as well. So yeah, I, I'm really proud of that project. Great. Fantastic. Is there a dream role that you haven't played yet? Ooh, you know, someone else, some other um, interviewer asked me that question a few years ago, and my answer is still the same. I hope that there is a composer and a writer writing it right now. Right. You know? Uh, cool. Yeah. I just, I yeah. hope that there are, yeah, I, because it's, it's <laughs> I, although I love so many shows and so many characters, I want to do something new. Yeah. Yeah. A new challenge, a new, yeah. Be able to be one of the first ones to bring it to the world, maybe too. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yes. Very cool. And my final question what is your why? What is my Why do you do what you do? Mm, boy, that's good. My why, I do it because it is the thing that lights me up from the inside. It lights me up from the inside. I often say that I am the most joyous and authentically myself when I'm on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yep. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I'm looking forward to the show on Tuesday. It was a joy speaking with you, Diane. I will look you forward too. to meeting you soon. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Okay. It was so great chatting with her. I am looking forward to seeing the show on Tuesday. If you're in Toronto, check out tso.ca for all upcoming concerts. For links and transcript for this show, visit singdanceactthrive.com slash 027. Since I'm fascinated by who might be listening to the show, I checked the stats again. I was thrilled to see that I was number 62 on Apple Podcasts Performing Arts in Canada last week. I've only just started tracking that, so we'll see how it goes. 
Of course, now I'm in the hundreds, but, you know, maybe I'll get back up there tomorrow with the release of this episode. If you enjoy the show, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review it on your podcasting app, if it allows it. Some podcasting apps don't. Either way, I hope you join our Facebook group, Community of Performing Artists, at dianefoy.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers. 